Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited about what the Lord's going to do today. And you should have faith uh, to receive something from, from the Holy Spirit. I, I really believe that um, even what Danny shared Saturday, most of you, some of you, most of you probably weren't here, but, um, but we had breakthrough. <laughs> See the hole in the wall? We had breakthrough. Brandon had breakthrough, really. So his head's down, he's hiding. <laughs> but, but the reality is God wants us all to walk in that breakthrough. And I just want to encourage you today. I feel like the, I, don't, I don't know week to week what they're going to sing. I mean, they played a couple of the songs that they played, well, one song that they played last, on Friday night. But they ended with the Misty Edwards song which is what I'm actually going to preach about. I want to be talking to you today about being partakers of the divine nature of God. And, this, and I, I, you know what's hard is as you're looking and searching through Scripture to speak on, on that very thing, it's all throughout the New Testament. It's all throughout uh, Paul's epistles. It's all throughout uh, Jesus gave us resurrection life. You know you live and you, you live in resurrection life right now. It's not something for the future. How many know that? Like you are you living in resurrection life right now. That what that's what connects you to Jesus. I'm gonna I'm probably gonna be a little edgy today on what I say, so just take it in context. But I'm gonna I feel like the Lord wants to show us some things. So I just I, I really I feel like um, <clears throat> He was speaking to me about you know, being partakers of, of his divine nature, but I want you to think of this in context of yourself, right? As a human, as a, a person who has DNA, who, who has genetics, who has received, you've inherited your parents' genetics, you've inherited, you know, I, I did a genealogy, ancestors.com, I'm like all over the planet, you know what I mean? Because I'm an American, but I'm mostly Irish, Scottish, and all those other islands over there, you know? But the reality is that God puts within you a genetic code that you receive from your parents. Now, there's other things that affect how you grow up, how you become somebody, right? It's outside. It's external things. It's how you, whether you, were walk, you had a, a solid family, whether your father was, was there, whether your mother was there, whether, you know, there's all kinds of things I'm not just going to get in everyone's stuff right now. I will later. But the, the reality is there's all kinds of things that's affected how you become who you are. Are you with me? Because the reality is that all these outside things made up, made up who you are. And basically the genetics makes up your health and, and your, your DNA inside of you, right? And so I just want you to, to walk with me on a journey tonight because I, I feel like the Lord wants to open something up for us that will, will really help us in our identity. Yes, in our identity of who we really are. And, and I loved what, um, I forget the syndrome you, you mentioned last week, Stockholm Syndrome, about being abducted and taken and, and we don't know who we are. But we become uh, very complacent and we become... Uh, adapted to the surroundings that we're in and those become that those people become our parents even though we've been taken out of our real family and really from the beginning of time since Adam we've been taken out of our real family yeah. 
that's just the truth. That's the truth of the gospel. And God's trying to bring us, he actually, he's not trying to, he did it. He already did it. The problem is we don't realize it. <laughs> so that we need to recognize these things because once it's ingrained in our minds, ready, in our hearts, but, but the most crazy thing is our perspective on what that looks like, that will bring us into truth. Because it's always our perspective that brings us into the truth. <laughs> you have to have the proper perspective. Usually if we're trying to do things, and I've talked about filters, sometimes we have filters that warp how we hear things, warp how we see things. We just don't understand because we don't, we've not, we don't have our minds renewed yet. But you do. But you're in process. So there's this process called sanctification, which I'm going to stay far away from today. No, I'm serious, because we need to go into another thing, all right? And, and I, just remember this. In Colossians chapter 1, he said this. He said this. Paul said this to us. He delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, transferred us, moved us from one place, darkness, to what? The kingdom of his son in his love. So he took you out of a dark kingdom and brought you into the glorious light of the gospel of the love. It's a love feast. Oh, somebody. It's a love feast that God has brought us into, not trying to bring you to. He's not trying to bring you there. You are there. And here's the problem. We don't understand that we're in the love feast. We, we, we know about the love of God. We know about the hope. We know about all, all these things that we read but there has to be, man, sometimes when I read the word, right, I'll just read it out of, I have talked about this before, but I read it out of discipline, right? And sometimes it absolutely is just like going, it's like a ticker going across my eyes. It just is. I'm just being honest with you. I'm, I'm you know, I'm your revival pastor. I, it's just, it's what happens. It's what happens. But then, I should say, but God shows up and begins to bring things that I read a long time ago. Like the author of Job. That was random, you know? I don't, I don't remember things, but when the Holy Spirit brings things to remembrance, then that thing lights on fire. I've got this, I've got this, I've got logo software for my computer, and, and what I, <laughs> there's a highlight that I use. It's the only one I use now. It's called Light on Fire. So every time I highlight something, it burns. It's, yeah, it's nice. It's a good highlight. So, and it doesn't like cover the whole page. That's nice and neat, and I like that. So I'm, I'm saying this to you because I want us to understand. So you think for a moment about these things, and I want to talk to you about like the miraculous as well because there's things that shape us, but then we see these things that happen through powerful men and women of God. Right, I've heard of testimonies of people with Down syndrome, one young man with Down syndrome, that the angel, that orb went over his head and he was completely transformed and totally set free from Down syndrome. What is that? It's the resurrection life. What did he do to deserve Down syndrome? Nothing. What did he do to deserve the healing? Nothing. 
I'm telling you, there's things in the earth. There's, a, there's another miracle that totally rocked my world. That's A. Allen's. It's 26 miracles on, on this one child that was just, just rocks me. Every time I put on this YouTube video and I watch R.W. Schambach testify of it, I just get like, I want to cry because this baby was just transformed from club feet and no blindness and mute and all these things to just completely healed, completely healed. 26 miracles on his little body powerful. And we've seen in this place people healed and set free and delivered from, I've, I've watched people get f- freed from all kinds of wild stuff. And God does these things, but he wants you to understand that it's for you now. Listen, the, the days are coming. No, the day is here. The day is here where we begin to step into things that have been holding us captive in our minds and in our hearts, even physically, right? God wants to change things. And so he wants to transform you on the inside and the outside, right? He wants to heal your body. And so I just want us to look into these things because I really feel like the, the, the miraculous is the big wow, but there's more of an inner working that God wants to do. And I want to talk to you about that. And we'll do, just go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. And I feel like I'm overlapping some of the things Bobby might have even touched last week. Wasn't he, that was great last week, by the way. He did an amazing job, did so good. <laughs> yeah, we could do that, right? Second Peter, chapter 1. I have chapter 1, sorry. Verse 2 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Everyone's there, right? You got me. You got me, because I'm terrible with that. I found out that he's probably inheriting it from me because he starts Bobby starts bouncing around too. So anyway, so I don't feel bad. You make me feel better. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by Glory and virtue. He called you by glory. What is that? It's the brightness of his light. By glory. It's the splendor of who God is. He called you by that and his virtue. That's just ridiculous. He called you by that, right? And it says, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may, you may be partakers of the divine nature and having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, let me just say lusts, that's the King, New King James, but it's the deep desire and longings, right? <laughs> so here's the deal, right? We, we want to shift our desires and longings. We just want to shift them. We want to move them over. Can we maybe turn down the heat? Because I'm cooking already. I probably turned it up. So I just want us to look at that. So he's given us that you may be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. So he's given us exceedingly great and precious promises. How many like that? but I don't want it to bounce off your eyes. I want you to take the precious and the divine 
and take them and, and lodge them in your seat of desire. Because those are the things that help us to grow and bloom and begin to mature. Like George was just saying, maturing in, in giving, maturing in walking in, in Christ, maturing in our gifts, which is a totally another thing because God wants us to mature in our character, wants us to mature in all the things that he's done inside of us so that we grow into healthy human beings. So that the next generation, the genetics that we inherited, that's broken because of the blood of Jesus because we received Christ. And so we're now partakers of his divine nature, and that's contagious to my kids. It's contagious to your kids and to the people around you because you are, you are a pandemic. Okay. You're contagious. Okay. So then it says in verse 5, it says this, it says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control. Yeah, stop on self-control for a second. Self-control helps us to walk in complete peace. Uh, it helps us to walk in cadence with God because when we don't have self-control, you can be super gifted and not have self-control and you end up all over the map. Okay. With self, to self-control, perseverance. How many like perseverance? How many like persevering? Everyone in this place better raise their hands. I'm telling you, we all need perseverance. We all need to walk with patience in all things, right? So to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be what? Barren? nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his old sins. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop, back up. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness we can't see things if we don't have self-control, if we don't have love, if we don't have a spirit of gentleness and kindness. We're, we're short-sighted. The, the word said it. The authority said it. The Holy Spirit said it. Breathe through Paul. Said this, that we're short-sighted even to blindness. We can't see. Why do I need the spirit of wisdom and revelation? It's to illuminate all these things in my life so that I can see what I, how I need to walk. I know we're talking about all the good things, the callings, the anointings, uh, moving in his exceeding greatness of his power, all those other things, right? But it's so that we can walk in a full life 
And I'm telling you, when, when the goodness of God gets so on the inside of you that you just begin to emanate self-control, and you begin to emanate this, this, the knowledge of God, knowing him because of his love, because of his, his crazy power that's active inside of you, then that's it. It's it. It's it. It's over, right? So there's this, there's this orthodox, I'm going to go back to Eastern Orthodox teaching, okay? Because that's where we're going to go tonight. Because I think we need it. Because what happens is we dismiss things because, you know, evangelicals, we like, we like being sanctified or working our sanctification. And I do. We want to. But there's something of an even higher thought that we can step into. And that is theosis. And it's this. It means deification. Hold on. Hold on. It means deification. I know. I'm getting a little edgy. It's okay. Deification. But I want to I clarify this because the meaning, it's, it's, it's the process of acquiring godly characteristics. Come on, this is good. Receiving immortality and incorruptibility and divine union and communion with God. That's what it is. It's not about, listen, do I believe that God is raising up the sons of God? Yes. But are we God? No. So when it says, I know de deification can be a weird word. But this is the whole thought. I want you to go with me because I, I really believe, because we need to actualize that, that we have this complete union with Christ. And can I say this, that the cross is seamless to the res resurrection. There's no, it's not the cross, we got saved, and then we moved. To, no, we're baptized into Christ. That's the cross. That's his death. And then we move into, and, and as we do that, we come up out of baptism into new life. It's, it's all in one. It's like, wham, you got it all. Just one, boom. So there's, there's this reality that we're not stepping and living in because we don't have an understanding of it, right? Because I just, ooh. His divine, listen, you are called to live in divine union. You're not, you are not, there's nothing you can do to get closer to him. There's not one thing I can do to get closer to Jesus. Religious mind, turn off. I'm telling you because there's, there's all of us that think we can, I can work it, I can work it, I can work it. I'm serious because this is how we, we live because we love religion. And we want to work things up. And I'm not saying that we don't do discipline things. We don't walk in discipline. We don't live in that. But we live from this position that God's given us. That you are completely, because Jesus Christ gave his life, he lives in God and you are with him. Even that was, it was exhorted. We're seated in heavenly places with him. Right? And I don't have to do anything to get there. You have it. But the things here, well, let's just go to Romans 6. I am. I'm going all over the same things you'd wear. I'm just coming from a different angle. God's on this. We've got to talk about the resurrection for the next four weeks. How's that? Because we're going right. Yeah, it's Easter season, but could, every time I look in the New Testament, it's all resurrected Jesus. So Romans 6, starting in verse 1. Am I actually reading 11 verses? I guess I am. 
Paul says this, what shall we say then? I love this. He says that all the time. What shall we say then? I don't know why he's asking questions. Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Listen, this is really freeing. If you can hear with the right ear, this is going to free you up for the rest of your life if you choose. I'm telling you, there's things in here that will free your life completely because God, listen, I don't care what people have said over you. I don't care what your parents said about you. I don't care what you grew up in. It doesn't matter because this says completely different. Unless they're speaking scripture over you. Like I was, we were on the womb, but I shut up out of you know? And we made mistakes, right? So we want to raise our kids And we want them to be in this, right? And as children of God, God's calling you to live from this. So it says, shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to live in sin any, long, uh, live in sin any longer in it? Excuse me. Or do you know that as many of us, as we're baptized into Christ, we're baptized into his death? Therefore, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That's what I just said to you before. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Verse 5. For we have been united together in, his like, in the likeness of his death, death. Certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Now stop. Let's just go back. Who raised Jesus from the dead? It was the glory. <laughs> it was the glory of the Father. Didn't Jesus say in, in Matthew 17, he said, I, I pray that the glory that's, that, that's in me will be in them. I pray this to you, Father, that, that the, unity, the union that we have will be in them. And so this is, this is, what, this is, the, whole, this is the whole key to freedom. See, this is what we like, though. We like we like. Seven steps to sanctifying our, our lives. We want that. But I'm telling you, there's one step. I'm telling you, there's one step. We just change, click, boom. Like I talked about Dominion software before. It, we need Dominion software in our mind that we live not to, that God would change us on the inner man so that we'd be completely awake to his life inside of us. Are you awake to that? I'm asking you because the Holy Spirit wants us to be awake to his, to his resurrection. So this, knowing this, that the old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we shall no longer be a slave to sin. That's good news. You are not a slave to your old behavior. And you don't have to change your behavior. He already did. He already did. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's the word of God instilled inside of us. Listen, it's like this. Ready? Jesus came. I know I'm only seven inches off the ground. I'll pretend I'm in heaven. But he came out of heaven and he stepped down. And he became a man. Listen to me. Listen to me. Don't miss this because you, this, is where it all, this is where it all changes everything for you. Because he stepped out of heaven and became a man, he stepped into humanity. Died on the cross, rose again three days. We know the story, but here's the key. You are human. You are humanity. He takes you, he connects you to Jesus Christ. You are joined 
to him, right? In the resurrection, you become joined to God. <laughs> Are you following me? That, that here, now he's taken on our humanity. This is where we lose it. And we take on his divinity. You ha yeah. You got it. You're all right. There has to be this place where you come into this revelation. Why do we need this? I need the spirit of revelation. That's why my words need to be on fire in my Bible. That's why I believe that the Lord is illuminating because it says, how does, how does the spirit, oh, let's just go there. I can't get rid of it. Ephesians chapter one. Because it's the, there's the radical change that happens just in reading, just in asking, how many want the spirit of wisdom and revelation? Because that changes everything inside of you. If, I don't have a, if, I don't, if I'm not lit up on the inside by the spirit of, of, of revelation, it says this for the, oh, here it is right there. Verse 17, I don't have to look far. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, we're going to get into the glory in a minute. You're in the glory now, but we're going to get in the glory in a minute. The Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. So it's so that our eyes will understand and we will be able to acknowledge not just all these things, but mainly the love of Jesus Christ, the knowledge of who God is. So when I say to you, he stepped out of glory and became human, and, we, and it was a, listen, it was a trade-out, because he was coming to rescue you, and he gave you all of his divinity, and you gave him all of your, he took, no, he, he took it, he took all of your humanity, and in that, you have power to overcome every single thing. I don't care what sickness comes. I don't care what demonic oppression comes. You've got the power of Jesus Christ inside of you that defies every other rule on the planet. So let me just say this. The grace of God is uncreated. The love of God is uncreated. Are you with me? It was never created. Why? Because it was always in God. So how can you have grace? How can you have love? How can you have it? You're in Christ. Oh, man. There's this reality that we need to step into that when I... Listen, all these things, truth... It wasn't created. It was always with God. It was always with him. <laughs> Who created God? Yeah, that's like... <laughs> Who created God? No one. He was before the beginning of time. Therefore, those things, those, those things that we strive to get... In godliness, love, power. He is power. There was no power before him. <laughs> he 
is the miraculous. He is the one, the glory of the Father. It's the very brightness. It's the very shining. It's the, it's the emanating glory of God that release onto your life so that you can go into Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17, 18, 19, 20. And through that, you receive the exceeding greatness of his power towards you. That's enough to send you home with right there. Right? So I love this because, you know, here you go. Paul, Paul's saying, he's asking more questions. Romans 8, I'm going to go through a lot of scripture tonight, but we will, we'll, they're just big chunks, but I have to, it's framework. And listen, this isn't even exhausting it. Guys, if you just, if you just begin to look at your, your position with Jesus Christ in just Pauline epistles, never mind you add Peter and Thessalonians and whatever else, you know, Thessalonians is Peter, Paul. But the reality is there's so much, and it's all the basis of who we are today. Not afar off, not in some time glory when we finally get sanctified. Listen, you are sanctified. Sanctification is a gift to you. <laughs> and then we're like, wait a minute, I'm not acting sanctified. That's because we're going to do, at the end, we'll take care of all that. No, really, because we just get in this mode like, I don't, uh, I know, I can hear the thoughts. That's what happens. I start sensing things. So Romans 8, verse 31. Everyone there? Romans 8, verse 31 through 39. Oh, and I shut my iPad off. I love it. I love it. Paul asking questions again. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I'm going to ask you that right now. If God is for you, who can be against you? Are you convinced of that? I hope so, because this is how you live a life of, of overcoming everything that comes at you. And listen, there is no bad news in your life. You have Jesus. There is really no bad news. Not to say, listen, we don't have situations and we don't have all kinds of things and I'm not making it to the places I think I need to be. Listen, it doesn't matter. Oh, I say that now. But the reality is this. God has you, and he's watching, he's, he's watching over everything over your life. He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for all of us. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Because of Jesus Christ, because of now you are standing in divine union with Christ. You have divinity, you have a divine union with Jesus. There is nothing that just, that's separating you from, we'll go into it, right? Who is he who condemns? Oh no, let's back up, sorry. 33, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is he who concerns? It's Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God and makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For it is written, for your sake we shall be killed all day long. That's an encouraging verse, right? We are, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things... We are more than conquerors yeah. Yeah. In him who by him who loved us. 
For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, listen, there is multiple, oh, there's so many, there's dimensions of God's glory and this is just one. What, is it, what am I saying? I'm saying when the brightness of God shining on your life, when the fullness of who he is begins to beam and blow you up and totally erratically change you on the inside, then you begin to realize that nothing can separate you from the love of God. I know you said, some of you are like, yes, yes, he doesn't. No, I, I believe it, and I let it be that we are not shaken by anything that you become so unshakable because you're walking in such great power and such an, an anointing on your life. But more than that, you're walking in a character and you have all these things. You're walking, you know that you're walking in holiness because that's who God created you to be. You know you're walking completely justified and the things of, your, of the past don't abuse you and mess you up because of what he's already done. I just, when I think of height, depth, width, listen, there's dimensions of God's glory that he wants to release to the church in our understanding that we can, it'll be used to set people free. And it's a dimension of the resurrection, really, right? Because it's only through the divine union with Christ that where we have received the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You know that you received the same, that's what Paul tells us, right? You've received the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The very same thing, the very same power that came in, raised his dead body off the slab, you have. And he is the only thing that can get you to God's likeness. One key, the Holy Spirit. It's the only thing. He is the only person that can make you become and look like Jesus because he already, ready? That same spirit that dwells inside of you has now sanctified you and made you holy and blameless. And he's done all of those things. But it's, I'm telling you, it's a baptism of fire that sanctifies, it, burns it all out. But you've received it, Right? So there's this miracle in, in the earth, in science. All the trees, you see it. It's photosynthesis. We know this, right? How many have heard of photosynthesis? It, it's just this, it's a miracle, really. And I was just, I don't know why the Lord gave me the word, and I'm looking it up today. I'm like, what is this? You want me to look at trees, green thing? I don't know. <laughs> you know, but I, it's, it's for, for purpose of illustration, right? So the, the reality is photos me, photo. Photos means light and synthesis, sorry, Put to, putting it together, right? So what it does, it takes light and puts it together, and it, it's, it's like, listen, when a leaf is sucking the sun up, the energy that comes from the sun in like a couple trillionths of a second, the energy is taken. Do you understand? <laughs> That's like crazy stuff. Like, I don't even think, you start looking at science and I'm like, God, if they don't see you, I don't understand it. It's like in crazy, right? 
So the, it's just this, it's this photosynthesis that takes the, grabs the sun and changes it into energy. I'm just dumbing it down a little bit, but it's the process of converting light energy into chemical energy, and then it produces oxygen, which you and I breathe. So what does it, what does it produce? It produces life again, because we couldn't live without it. So here's the crazy thing. I'm like, okay, the energy, because I want you to think of the, uh, what was the first word I told you? <laughs> the gnosis, right? When we think of that, it's like this, Jesus, because they talk about the energies of God in Thanosis. What I was talking to you about, about being divine and walking in divinity, because you are, like Paul said, you are gods, right? Uh, you have the divine nature inside of you, so you are walking on the earth because you've been sanctified and covered by the, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're filled with the God-man inside of you. This is why John G. Lake would take cells of, of all that, of diseases and put them on his hands and they would shrivel up and go away. And no, you might not be walking in the fullness of that, but it is your portion. And we'll get to that. How do we get there? How do we get there? So I just want you to see. So Jesus is the energy, right? And he releases to you because you're like this. Come on, just receive. We just receive. God... I just receive right now. I just receive. And when that happens, right, we become, and just imagine absorbing 100% of the energy because I think it's like 95 to 100% of the energy. It's crazy. If we could turn leaves into, into solar panels, it would be nuts. Think about that. Anyway, I don't have time for that. <laughs> anyway, the reality is this, right? It changes that. All of a sudden, Life comes. Come on, how many want life? I want life. I don't want the spirit of death. I want life. So the sun is burning on you. Come on, Jesus. Why? Because you're pointed at the sun. Wherever he is, that's where you are. You are like a satellite dish just trying to grab all of Jesus you can. So then in that, it releases a life-giving substance. So you're receiving energy. You're becoming mature and you're flourishing because you are oaks of righteousness. You are in the vine. You, are, you have been engrafted into the vine. And you are living from the substance, the sap of Jesus Christ. This is true. So the energy of God is coming to you in that way. And then we release what? Not oxygen. We release the presence of God. I don't know. The Lord just, listen, you got to think this way because God wants to release something on your life. Even tonight, I'm telling you that we position ourselves, and it's, again, it's not about doing anything. It's about getting before the Lord. That's it. Yeah, you may want to come up here and get prayed. That's fine. We, I don't, we don't ever stop that, but we need to be in a position like always, like my life is constantly pointing to the king. Because we behold, what we behold, we become. Okay? So that's why it's like the, the, more, I, the more I press into the Lord, the less, the less I want all the other things. The more I get with him, the less I want to watch anything else. Like, I, I just, you know what I mean? I just get like this 
I just want to consume the word and I want to stay in prayer and I want to you know, release what's inside of me. And I, I, that's the things that I want to do. And, and again, we also have to live life and not just go into a little zone and just be super spiritual and fly off the planet. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is becoming sons of God in the earth, that you're living to your full capacity, that nothing can stop you. When you have a goal, God gives you a, a key to get in that. He, when you have something that, you know, if we're contending for certain things, and I say contend in the same state, because listen, I'm looking to Jesus and I'm contending for healing, whatever it is. I'm looking to Jesus and contending for deliverance. I'm looking to Jesus and contending and believing that he's bringing me into a position that I can receive all that he has for that. There's nothing. He doesn't lack one thing. This is what... I'm sweating. So 1 John... Ah, sorry, not first, John. John 1. Tricked you. John 1 and verse 12. But as many as received him, they gave him, he gave that, he gave the right to become son, children of God, to those who believe on his name, who were ready, born, not of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. <laughs> verse 13, that's verse 13. Did you hear that? No, you can't miss that. That's an important part right there. Because we, we fly by that. I've flown by that a thousand times. That who were, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That means... When you were born, yes, you were born of the flesh. <laughs> but I'm telling you, there's a higher perspective to have of who God created you to be. You were born from God. You were born out of that place where God created you and gave you life. Doesn't matter what your, what your whole background, doesn't matter what your genetic, uh, what the family tree looks like. It doesn't matter. Because God created you for himself. And then it says this, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. I forgot Luke 11, but we'll go there too. Because the reality is, listen, God wants you in a place where your eyes are looking to him. Ready? His, we beheld his glory. When was the last time you beheld his glory? Because <sighs> that's where the Lord wants you positioned. Right? And sometimes we get, listen, I wake up sometimes in the mornings, I can't get out of my own way. Anyone there? No, I'm the only one. Sometimes I can't get my act together. Sometimes I'm like, oh, Jesus, where are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest. I don't know. Pastors probably don't tell you this stuff. I'm just I'm telling you the truth because, listen, sometimes it's just like, 
Osmosis. Please get the word in me. Oh. But the reality is, he's right there. He's right there. We don't miss him. He's right there. Did I tell you to go to Luke 11? Yeah, you should go there. I got to get there. But this was, this was like, Tori, maybe you want to help me. Actually, we're going to do communion, aren't we? It's perfect. There we go. 33. Luke eleven thirty three. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come may see the light. How many are seeing the light? Right? And then it just says this verse, so important, right? The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when the eye is good, the whole body is also full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body is also full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light that's in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light as when, a burn, when the burning, the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. Here's what I want us to focus on for a minute. What is this whole phenomenon? How, how, God, how do I become filled with the character of God? You behold him. How do I become filled with such light and glory and presence that my face begins to shine? And listen, I don't know if you know, you've been around people that just carry an anoint, just crazy anointing on their lives. It's because they spend time with the Lord. And I've and I met people that are not preachers that do the same, that you know that they've been with Jesus. It's not about this. It's about people living a life filled with God and, and being full and having their eyes focused and their eyes, the lamp, being filled with that which is good. Right? Because he wants to fill us with all that light. But he's saying, would you just look at me? If, if you wouldn't just look at what you have to do, and just look at me. I think that sometimes me reading 20 chapters or one chapter or 10 verses, I think that's going to sometimes, you know, because we're suckers for religion. We are. We think that by our good works, and, and, and so there is, you know, our good works should come out because we're filled with God. That's just what it's that's just what's supposed to happen. That's the pro that's the produce of me beholding God. And again, I'm telling you these things because I don't want us to get we get so micro we micromanage our lives in such a way, some of us, that we that if we're not doing all the right things and we don't have four hours a day with Jesus, we're we're, we're backsliding. 
And I'm also not saying, I'm saying burn. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm telling you burn. I'm, what I'm not saying is be complacent and sit back and rest. You do rest, but don't, but behold the Lord. Right, it's, it's, a, it's always like, we're always on this like seesaw. It's one or the other. It's just one or the other. It's not. It's just Jesus. <laughs> it's just him. It's just when I, when I get before him and my eye is full, then my, my whole body's full of light. My whole body becomes so filled with him that when I lay hands on the sick, they have no choice but to recover. And every sickness has to bow to the name of Jesus. When I, when I ask God, God, will you, take, will you just help me with this thing, this issue in my life? Anyone in the room? Will you just help me? Do you think that he's going to give you a stone and say, go throw it in the river? No. He comes to you and he says, no, I will give you whatever you need. Like I said, grace is not something I work up. It's not something I produce. It's God. <laughs> it's who he is. It's his love over us. He's, he's so in love with you. He just, he'll change you. All we have to do is look at him. Oh, all we have to do is behold him. I behold him in two ways. I behold him in the word and I behold him on my knees. He's given me the privilege and the right to be his son. He's given you the privilege and the right. And so here's what I want to do tonight. I feel like I feel like the Lord wants to give us something in the, in the realm of beholding. When I behold, when I look, if you look at this word glory, and I've been on glory for a while because I, I just feel like there's so many dimensions of God's glory. It is the glory that resurrected Jesus. It's the power of God. The glory, the burning, shining presence of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It was the Father. It is the Father of glory that we need to look to. And what happens is that which is burning inside of you, the Holy Ghost, when you connect, there's just this union. This is the union. Because God inside of you desires, desires. God, I'll, 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 I just want to give this up. See, the problem is we don't know how to just give things over to the Lord. And the Lord just wants to take it. He'll just take it if we just give it. He'll receive it because he already did. Remember, he came seven inches down and became everything, every bit of sin, every bit of sickness, every bit of things that we get caught up on, he became that so that you could step into him where there's no limitation, where there's nothing that restrains you, where you're not a slave to any of that garbage, but you're completely free. And so every, every, I start thinking of generational stuff. It's like generational stuff tries to hang over us and things that are, I just feel like there's stuff like that that God wants to get after, even tonight, that he just wants to lift He'll lift it right off of us, but he just wants us to behold him. So stand with me for a second. 
We're just going to give him some time, okay? Just give him a little time. And I, I do feel like if, let's just pray, but I feel like if there's things that, that we've been struggling with, it doesn't even have to be that, but it, I just feel like the Lord wants to take care of those things even tonight. He wants to shift your, it's not even the thing. It's about shifting your perspective. That's all. It's about the Lord just coming in and breaking in in a brand new way because you didn't perceive correctly. But it's by him. The only way to walk in this life of incorruptibility is to keep your eyes one place. <laughs> it's, in, it's inside you already. And if you need healing, we pray for healing every time, every time, every time. Oh, I got to, we did do communion, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I got I forgot about communion. How's that? So maybe what we'll do is we'll just just come uh, grab the cup and the bread, and we'll pray together after. You know, come down the center aisle and up through the sides. That'd be great. So let's just. Let's just pray one more prayer together and, and then we'll open up the front if anyone needs prayer. But Father, I just thank you right now. Lord, I pray that the reality of all you've done and the reality of what we're privileged to walk in, Father, would become absolute truth in our minds and hearts right now. Lord, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the spirit of revelation would open it up for us, that we would see and know you. Even in these moments as we stop and we begin to worship for a moment and we come to you, Lord, would you just open up things, Father, that we might see your glory and even partake of you in a, in a fresh new way right now. Lord, I pray for everyone in this place right now and everyone who's watching online, Father, that we would walk in this believing that as we come before you, as we behold you, that you are the very things that lead us to freedom, to health, to victory in every area of our lives. We thank you for your divine power. We thank you that we're partakers of your divine nature. You can just thank him for that. You should just thank him for that right now. And we stand in that place right now, Jesus. And we love you.